You've heard me say before that when Father Kaz, Father Anthony, and I started doing the masses for the live stream back when COVID started, we immediately started getting letters that were, I smile because many of them would say, Father, with Father Kaz, we know we are going to get love. And with you, we know we are going to get the truth. <laughs> and I would always smile and say, we need both. We need both. You can't have love without the truth. And you can't really effectively give the truth without love. So I'm going to try my best to wrap this message of truth with as much love as I can. Now, it is true. Most people believe that all good people will go to heaven, no matter if they believe in God or not, no matter if they receive the sacraments or not, whether or not they follow the commands of God or not, but he was such a good person. Well, that's on a natural level. We can be good people on a natural level, but fail in what it takes for eternal life, which is supernatural. Well, I didn't kill anyone, Father. I remember Mitch Packwell once saying, yeah, people call and say, Father, I'm a good person. I didn't kill anybody. And he would say, well, yeah, if you're only comparing yourself to Hitler. It takes more than not killing people to get to heaven. So is this true that all good people will go to heaven? Well, not according to what we just read. And according to St. Faustina in her diary, I'm going to have Brother Reuben read passage 153, where St. Faustina sees two roads. One is wide and many are on it. And it's full of joys and earthly pleasures. But yet at the end, it leads to a falling off of a precipice. And yet there's another road, narrow, few are on it, but it's rocky, full of thorns, there's wailing, there's, there's agony, there's suffering, but at the end is a glorious garden. So we will read that. Narrow is the road to life and few follow it, Jesus says. Wide is the path to destruction and many are on it. That's a wake-up call. One that no priest wants to preach on, but I have a duty and an obligation before our Lord to give the truth. St. Augustine, St. Jerome, St. John Chrysostom all said very few or few will be saved. St. Leonard of Port Maurice said very, very few. That's hard for us to understand. We are priests of mercy. You know the only key here is everybody? Everybody can be saved if they just simply turn to the mercy of God and try to live your life. It's good that there is really no official church teaching on how many people will be in heaven. You know why? Why is that a good thing? There's actually no official church teaching on how many people will be saved. Why? Because if the church teaches almost all of us will be saved, we're overconfident. We, we'll just sin. We'll do whatever we want. Why worry about it? Have fun. We're all going to be saved. That's the heresy of universalism. But then if the church said very, very few, almost nobody will be saved, we despair. Now, we do know this. The Bible gives us five conditions for salvation. This you can put as fact. There are five things the Bible tells us we must do to be saved. I think this is the easiest way to answer the question. 
You do these five things, you will be saved. One, repent. We must ask for God's mercy. You can do that best in the confessional. Number one, repent. Two, baptize. You must be baptized. Please, parents, grandparents, please baptize your children. Please. Unless you are born of the water and the spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Third, the Eucharist, John 6. Unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no life in you. The whole gospel, or uh, chapter John, chapter 6, talks about the bread of life. We need the bread of life. Fourth, faith. Not faith alone, but we got to have faith. The Bible tells us, and lastly, the big one, do the will of God, not our will, God's will. And what is God's will? Love him and love your neighbor. Love is the key. This is why this message of the truth has to be wrapped in love. You can be saved. Do not worry or be scrupulous if you are doing those five things. Have you been baptized? Yes, Father. Have you repented from your sins, gone to confession? Yes, Father. Have you received the bread of life? Yes, Father. Do you have faith in God? Yes, Father. Those ones are not difficult. Now, try to surrender your will to his and do God's will and the commandments, especially loving him and loving your neighbor. You will have eternal life. None of these say just be a good person and don't kill anybody. That's the idea of the world today. Heaven is for the followers of Christ. Heaven is not just for good people who don't kill anybody. Heaven is for a follower and disciple of Jesus Christ. Salvation is through Christ alone. We know this. Acts 4.12, Peter says, There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Hmm. Jesus said we have to deny ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow him. That's the hardest one. That's the last one. Do God's will, not our will. We have to repent, yes, turn away from sin. We have to put Jesus first in our life so everything in our life is in harmony with his will. Very true. If we are lukewarm, we need to repent, turn back to him, try again. You know the Greek, this is interesting. I learned this in seminary. And I always go to my seminary notes and, and some of the theologians we work with here and try to bring you as much seminary, because it, 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 I think in seminary, was, as I, you always hear me say, it's the best time of my life. I want to share what I learned in seminary with you. And one of the things I learned in seminary is the Greek word for try very hard is agonize. Agonize. Jesus agonized on the cross and then had eternal life. We too, if we try very hard, even if it's agonizing. We need not just listen, but we need to obey. And these are how you be a disciple. We need to do the works of love, James tells us, not works of the law. Now, we are not being loving by letting people just follow their own way, whatever leads them astray. Yes, we are created good, but we got broken. This is true. So on our own, 
We are not good. Everybody who says, well, that person, Father, he doesn't go to church. He's actually having an affair on his wife. He's abandoned his children. And yeah, but he's such a good person. Well, the point is, on your own, you're not a good person. The only way we are good is united to God because God is goodness itself. Okay, we need grace. But the good news is we're not left on our own. We are not. We have grace in the sacraments. That's why we are here. And please understand, if you're watching us from home, God bless you. But please, you need to also receive the physical sacraments. As beautiful as our live streams, we, we want to bring the message of God to you. It cannot replace physically being there in your church for the sacraments, especially confession and communion, and immediately to be baptized if you haven't yet. God bless you. So we need to cooperate with God's grace, and God's giving us his grace through the sacraments. They're not symbols. Sacraments do something. They're actual grace. Remember the definition again, taking you back to seminary. What is a sacrament? A sacrament is an efficacious sign, meaning it does something, of God's grace instituted by Christ, entrusted to the church by which divine life is instilled in us. I will never forget that for studying for my comps. What is a sacrament? It's an efficacious sign of God's grace instituted by Christ, entrusted to the church by which divine life is instilled in us. Did you hear that? Divine life, salvation. Wow. This is how we are saved. We are saved by grace, but we got to cooperate with it. We cooperate with it by loving God, loving our neighbor, doing his will. So what does it mean to say few will be saved? Theologians view it differently. Some harsh, some, some not so harsh. On the flip side of Augustine and Chrysostom and Jerome, who said very few, there's Peter Kreeft. He's on the flip side. Now, what he says is fascinating. I communicate with him once in a while. He endorsed our books. He's a great guy. He's a philosopher out of Boston College. And Dr. Peter Kreeft says, quote, here I'm quoting him directly, few here does not mean that less than half of mankind will be saved. God is our father and says he desires all be saved. So even one person lost is too many. And the rest saved are too few. The good shepherd who left his 99 sheep safe at home to rescue his one lost sheep found even 99% saved to be too few. For example, one person abused is too many. So some theologians have a different view on that. I found that interesting. But we do know in line with this is Revelation 7. There will be a multitude in heaven. But many use this as false confidence. Don't do that. Don't think that means that well, I could do whatever I want and I will be saved. Lumen gentium is important. Again, going back to seminary. We had a class in the documents of Vatican II, and it was a fascinating Lumen gentium paragraph 16. Listen to what it says. Those also can attain everlasting salvation 
who through no fault of their own do not know the gospel of Christ or his church, yet sincerely seek God and moved by grace, strive by their deeds to do his will as it is known to them through the dictates of conscience. Now hold on here. Vatican II was way before the internet. I don't believe now we have any excuse for not knowing Jesus Christ. In the most littlest way, we can inform our conscience who is Jesus Christ. Now, if, Jesus, if this Lumen Gentium is talking about a pygmy in the rainforest, or maybe somebody that is homeless, or maybe comes from a background that never talked about Jesus and doesn't know him, this is saying maybe they're not fully responsible, but guess who is? We are. Have we brought Jesus to them? On judgment day, the person who didn't know Jesus may be given a chance to accept him and be saved, yet we, who failed to bring Jesus to our friends and our family and our co-workers, may be found liable. That's humbling. That's awakening. Now, notice three things in that sentence. First is ignorance through no fault of their own. Sometimes... It is their fault. Don't think that, oh, well, I don't really know Jesus because, you know, I just didn't know him. No, a lot of times it is your fault for not seeking him. Second, it says they need to seek God with a sincere heart. Many today are only concerned with this world. They don't seek God. God has revealed himself to everyone on this earth in some way or another. Okay, that's called the natural law. The natural law, abortion is wrong. Natural law, marriage is between man and a woman. Natural law, we just have rejected. God puts it in your heart. Somehow deep down, we know it is wrong. But yet we want to conform with society and march in some parades that glorify abortion or redefining marriage. We can't. You have to realize God is speaking to us in that way. Many ignore it. Third, finally, they need to try to do God's will because it says for those who are attempting to do God's will the best they know it, as you know it through your conscience. But the problem is many don't form their conscience today. You know, back 200 years ago, even if people weren't Catholic or receiving the sacraments, they formed their conscience. I was at, I did a wedding yesterday. I did a wedding and we went back to the house up in Adams and there was a yearbook on the coffee table from 1943. Instantly it drew my attention. I was fascinated by it. This is a public school up in Adams, Massachusetts. And there in that yearbook was a Bible study club. Wow. How times have changed in just a couple generations. So finally, the possibility of salvation rests on these things. Is it easy? No. Jesus said it won't be easy. Well, Father, then how do I get it? The church. That's why Christ created the church. That's why it breaks my heart when I get the comments on YouTube and Facebook that say, I don't need some church. I don't need some man-made institution. God bless you, but it's not man-made. Do you think that our church 
the longest continuous running institution in the history of the world could continue through all its stupidity and its mistakes and its scandals if it was man-made? Heck no. It would have faltered and disintegrated a long time ago. It has survived only because it is of God. This is so important. So finally, the last part of Lumen Gentium 16, but very often deceived by the evil one, men have become vain in their reasonings, have exchanged the truth of God for a lie and serve the world rather than the creator. Hence, to procure the glory of God and the salvation of souls, the church, mindful of the Lord's command, preach the gospel to every creature, takes zealous care to foster evangelization. That's why I just said a few minutes ago, we are obligated to bring Christ to people. So this teaching of Lumen Gentium, taken whole and entire, stresses a sense of Catholic urgency for evangelization and praying for the salvation of souls and conversion. You know, Father Seraphim, God rest his soul. I used to say, Father, what, you know, what about this part of the diary? What about this part of the diary? What about this part of the diary? What about this part of the gospel? What about this part of the gospel? What about this part of the gospel? Father Seraphim used to tell me, listen, you're getting way ahead of yourself. There's two words that matter here, love and mercy. And I said, okay, Father, how do I live love and mercy? He says, well, then do what Jesus said is the most important thing to do. I said, well, what did Jesus say is the most important thing to do? He said, pray for the conversion of sinners. That's why we brought the old blood and water prayer into the chaplet. That's why we pray it every day here at three o'clock. You know what that prayer is? Oh, blood and water, which gushed forth from the heart of Jesus is a font of mercy for us. I trust in you. That is what Jesus called the prayer for the conversion of sinners. It is one of the most powerful prayers we can make. And so Father Seraphim taught me more in that one minute than I had learned all before. So we need to preach, yes, because we haven't heard the gospel um, around the world yet. We need to preach because those who haven't heard the gospel are in extreme danger. Don't think, well, that they're ignorant, so therefore they'll get out of it. No, we won't get out of it if we haven't preached it to them. We must do that. Vatican II emphasized evangelization. Yes, if we really care about our friends, we just don't pray for their health and happiness. Although that is very important. Yes, pray for the health and happiness of your loved ones. We need to pray most of all for their conversion. And if they are converted, their salvation. Find the narrow gate, Jesus said. Hmm. We must make our own, this is important, we must make our own salvation, the salvation of those around us, our top priority. Not feelings. We must love them, yes. We must love them. Nothing else compares. Not our health, not our wealth, not our career, not our popularity, not our possessions, not being acclaimed by others. None of that matters compared to their salvation our salvation. Know what you need to do to be saved, everybody. Come to Jesus. And we do that through his church. Praise be to God for the gift that he has given us in our faith and in his church.
Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.